Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, or whenever you find yourself listening to this mini Nightmare Junkhead episode. And as it is, I'm going to be releasing this on a Wednesday, so happy hump day if you are listening to the day this episode releases. You know, we're only a couple of, couple of days away from getting to the weekend, of which we are all working for. But the main reason I wanted to put this mini-episode out is to remind you of all the cool stuff we're doing over on Patreon, and our little weird film family has access to a number of things that Genius and I have been working on, and quite honestly, for as little as $1 a month, starting at our Squidly Diddly tier, you will have access to over two hours of content, and quite honestly... One dollar for two hours of, you know, decent stuff? That's a pretty good deal. And I wanted to go ahead and put out um, a little sample of what you get at the Squidly Diddly tier. And three times a week, I give my thoughts and reactions to a recently first-time viewed movie. And I'm going all over genre, so it's not just horror. But also, I wanted to give a shout-out to our friends at the Stray Cat Theater who provided the first-time viewing experience that you're going to be listening to here because I absolutely love what they're doing and I think they deserve a lot of support and respect here in the Kansas City area. So if you are in the Kansas City area, check out the Stray Cat Theater. Of course, check out Screenland Armor. But more than anything, just try to support local when you can. And that includes us, technically. I'm not a big fan of trying to plug and promote what we do here, but I think we have a lot of good stuff. And then, of course, if you go beyond Squidly Diddly, just add another laundry list of things that you're going to get on top of the two hours of content. So, again, thank you all for listening. Thank you if you are a member of our film family member already. Thank you if you decide to join our film family. And if you don't, no worries. We still will be putting out content on the main feed regardless. So if you're in the Kansas City area, check out Stray Cat. Check out Screenland. Support local. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that seems to only get angry when sitting behind a steering wheel my name is greg and on today's patreon only episode the i've seen that challenge finds me staying quiet and focusing on the road as i sit shotgun and talk 1978's the driver and if you're listening in thank you for being one of the shocking chauffeurs that helped make up our Nightmare Junkhead film family. And if any of you had come up to me and inquired, Hey Greg, what do you think about that flick The Driver? I'd go, oh yeah, that's that's the one that inspired both Drive and Baby Driver by Walter Hill. I've seen that. And truth be told, since the very first I've seen that with King of New York, there have been kind of this holy grail of films that I have been waiting for that appropriate time to experience for the first time. Uh, Something Wild 
is definitely one of those that I was just waiting for that right moment to experience, and I did, and it was fan-freaking-tastic. But The Driver is definitely one of those that has been on my list. Uh, Think The Thief, or excuse me, Thief, Just Thief, was one of those that was on that list. I experienced that last year. So thankfully, I've been able to take in all of these films at some time or another, and again, Nine times out of ten, they're always exceeding my expectations and I'm having a blast. And in this case, I have our good friends at the Stray Cat Theater to thank for this experience with the driver, as this was a repertory theatrical screening, so yes, in the theater for the driver. But even better with this one is they projected it from a 16mm print. Yes, it was on Reel-to-reel, or R-E-A-L, film. Yes, it's as tangible. It is. It's, it makes a noise. You can hear it. You can see it. It is awesome. And believe me, you know we championed the 35-millimeter experience at the Draft House when we had it. Uh, when Julian was running the booth, uh, just loved it. Uh, some of our Dismember the Alamos incorporated 35-millimeter prints. There's something about the character and the charm that comes from real film, and especially when it's film that is old, and it's it's got it's got a story to tell. And I have been to one of these before, and unfortunately I can't remember the movie I watched, and I think it was a film that I was familiar with, because I don't believe it was on the I've Seen That Challenge. But I have seen a 16mm print at Stray Cat, and it's so much fun. And as Stray Cat does, they had a Walter Hill pre-show put together, which... Tickled so many of a funny bone with me, be it the trailers they were showing, the clips from films, but more importantly, they included the entire intro of Streets of Fire. So we got that wonderful performance of Nowhere Fast, and I'm not going to lie, I was swaying in my chair, I was kind of singing along in my mask, Uh, I didn't make a spectacle of myself, but I had fun. And they even included that nice Cundy-esque reveal of Willem Dafoe. Ah, it just got me, it got me in the right mood. That's what a pre-show is supposed to do. So again, thank you, Stray Cat, for that. Uh, But then we got into the actual, now, it should be noted, that was digitally projected. That wasn't a 16-millimeter thing, because they've done that before, where occasionally they will incorporate trailers along with the movie on on 16-millimeter. They didn't do that this time. Uh, but it didn't take away the experience at all. <clears throat> now, Walter Hill himself, as the as a, as a filmmaker, he I I usually enjoy a majority of his movies, and I'm not gonna lie, I think his main demographic are manly men doing manly things, which I'm not. But I can appreciate it from afar. And I actually picked up, uh, Scream Factory put out a Blu-ray for Southern Comfort, which is very much a horror-adjacent film about some National Guardsmen training in the backwaters of Louisiana, and they encounter some some swamp folk, if you will. Really freaking good. Uh, you've got Extreme Prejudice with Powers Booth and Nick Nolte. Right before I was people's sexiest man in America. Uh, You've got, of course, the Warriors. 
uh, one of the, my favorite films, Trespass, uh, not the one with Nicolas Cage, uh, the one with Bill Paxton, William Sadler, Ice-T, Ice Cube, Big Daddy Kane. It is awesome. I, I, I legitimately love me some Walter Hill. So I've been striving to see The Driver because I did know this was the influence for Drive, which I actually go back last year or the year before that. I finally watched it for the first time at Screenland theatrically, which was great. And it was really, oh, again, one of the reasons I love Stray Cat is the eclectic crowd they bring in. And there were some youngsters in the audience, and they were they were big Refn fans because in between the the real switch out, they were talking about, yeah, this is this is this is drive. But then there were some older cats in there as well. And I imagine they were probably some OG folks that saw this in the theater back in 78. And I just I just love that they bring in that kind of crowd. Again, I just love the 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 people that come for these kind of films. Again, you know, with Friday Night Frights. Analog Sunday, just all these cool series that we have here in Kansas City. I just, I think we're very, very fortunate with that. But, but, um, seeing this on the big screen on 16 millimeter, which was wonderful because it had a charm to it. And the film itself is very, I would say meditative. It is not a slow burn at all, but it is very character based, but the characters themselves aren't too terribly deep. In fact, the characters don't have names. They are literally referred to as their occupation. So you have Ryan O'Neill as the driver and Ryan O'Neill. So many people I think that are current when they see him, they're going to see a seventies Ryan Reynolds. He just, he was very handsome and it works well in this because he's, he's very quiet Loqua- uh, not loquacious, uh, the antithesis of that. And it works because he kind of comes off mysterious uh, when he's driving. He has this thousand yard stare going on. It works really well. Uh, of course, we've got the great Bruce Dern as the detective. And uh, Bruce Dern, I don't think we appreciate Bruce Dern enough. And I know there are a number of gaps in my Bruce Dern filmography that I will be filling throughout my time here. But as the detective, he's wonderfully schmarmy, snarky, scheming, and you can't help but love him. He's that lovable asshole because, of course, he is. He's Bruce Dern. And I will say this. The opening of the movie is very sudden, and it just throws you into this world without any explanation And you just kind of have to roll with it initially. And I thought, to be honest, that maybe there were some sound issues initially. Maybe there were. Because the 20th Century Fox logo comes up and there's no sound. Which, again, I'll have to take a look maybe online to see if that's the case. But it kind of made me go, wait, what's happening? But then you're you're thrust in. And we're also, one of the the bonuses for me as well, is uh, Isabella Johnny as the player. And to see Isabella Johnny in a reserved role as opposed to the you know i've seen possession now almost in the double digits at this point uh to see her play against that awesome because she is an excellent actor and i had a mandy moment during the credits because again i kind of i've seen the trailer for this but they only really focus on the driver the detective and the player 
But in between all of them is The Connection. And The Connection is played by one Ronnie Blakely. <clears throat> now, Ronnie Blakely, you may not know the name. You may not even know the face. But if you've seen the original 1984 Wes Craven classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street, you've seen Ronnie Blakely because she played Nancy's mother. Uh, she is the, the one that has the hidden vodka all around. She's basically call, kind of pulling a Mrs. Mac from Black Christmas. But she's also got the great locked, locked, locked line, which just makes me giggle to this day. And she's great. She basically plays like the John Voight character from Heat. And it's kind of cool to see a woman in that character, especially it's freaking Ronnie Blakely. It's 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 great. Uh, there are there are moments of levity in the movie, especially involving Bruce Dern and his just interactions with his new partner. And there's a moment when they're on this train searching for bags that he begrudgingly helps this lady push something on the carry on above her. And if you've seen it, you know it. If you haven't, watch it if you can, because it's it's legitimately funny. It made the theater crack up. It was great. But also, since lately, I've been in, uh, engaging in a lot of car chases and car scenes, be it thanks to Bullet and the Batman, I did know that this film contained a few car chases, and they were definitely worth their weight. Uh, you've got an opening car chase with the opening scene showing what the driver can do. You've got a closing one. Him in a truck that's super intense and ends very crazily. But the highlight for me was his um, audition for the second rate of shooters, as he would call them. And I think maybe this is what the film is known for because I did a real cursory like YouTube, the driver making of this and that. But this clip showed up a lot and there's a reason for it because he systematically breaks down this car they're in. And I'm talking from fender to bumper to doors to mirrors in such a precise surgeon-like way to show how good he is. I w- I'm not saying I was cackling because it's impressive car work. All the stunt work in this movie is fan-freaking-tastic as you would expect as from a 70s film. But oh my goodness... The way the comedy works with that, ah, mwah, chef's kiss, highlight of the film without a doubt. It was so frigging good. And overall, man, and I, maybe it's just because of the fact that it was a repertory 16 millimeter screening. There was charm in the film and the reel. There was charm with the crowd. There was charm with the movie itself. The way it ends is wonderful and just had everyone go, wait, wait, what? It's it's fantastic. So no, it was this one definitely exceeded expectations, and based on kind of their upcoming uh, schedule, I think there will definitely be a few more entries in the I've seen that challenge from our good friends at Stray Cat. And speaking of our good friends at the Stray Cat Theater, thanks to them, I can now truthfully say, the driver. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> 